Welcome to the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon. I'm your host, Shane Bacon. This week's episode with RBC Heritage Champion Wesley Bryan is brought to you by OGO. There are plenty of golf bag options on the market, but if you want the best, check out OGO.com. Their selection fits any and all type of golfers, no matter if you're a walker or a rider, carry fan, or cart freak. Also, have you seen OGO's technology that keeps your clubs in their own compartment and safe from banging around for four and a half hours? It's revolutionary and is exactly what you'd want holding those $400 golf clubs. OGO makes a great, great bag that will never leave you disappointed. Check out their entire line at OGO.com. And I mentioned it, Wesley Bryan just continues to do things he says he's going to do. I mean, he wins three times last year on the web.com, gets a battlefield exemption on the PGA Tour, predicts a victory on this podcast that you will hear a little bit later three months ago said he would probably win the, for the first time at Harbortown, and uh, he went ahead and did that. Great final round, four shots back, and uh, claims victory. So Wesley Bryan, nice enough to join us this week, took the week off, not playing in San Antonio. A lot of guys are. San Antonio is a very interesting event right in the middle of kind of a, a busy first half of the season, and it's a little slow now as we ramp up and get ready for Wells Fargo. Dustin Johnson expected, of course, to be back then. Said he's 80 to 90% now, so that's good news. Rory will be there after his wedding. we got so much stuff happening as we get nearer and nearer Wells Fargo, the Players' Championship, and then, of course, we're nearing Aaron Hills. We really are. I know everybody at Fox is excited about that. But that's enough for me. Just a couple of reminders. Give us a follow on social media, at the Clubhouse Pod and at Shane Bacon. Pinned atop both those Twitter pages is a link to our Clubhouse newsletter, an easy way to get updated news twice a week. We do it on Mondays. We do it on Wednesdays. We have a countdown clock on the Wednesday newsletter for when when the next majors will come around. Sadly, the 2018 Masters is also on that countdown clock, which is a long, long time from now. But, of course, we have Aaron Hills, which we're excited about, but a lot of golf between now and then. Give that newsletter a follow, and let's get to our guest. And we now welcome in, for the third time, to the clubhouse, Wesley Bryan. Wesley, I, I was looking back over it, so... You were my very first guest ever on the podcast, you and your brother, Then I ha- and you went on to win three times, and I had you on right after you were named uh, Web.com Player of the Year for last year. We talked kind of prior to the, uh, the PGA Tour season. Now I'm getting you after you win, so I guess my question is, am I going to be the first person you talk to when you win your first major? Is that, is that locked in? Um, the U.S. Open's coming up. Uh, I would assume with your affiliation with Fox, <laughs> you would be the first that I will talk to. I like that. See, there you go. You are just such a smart businessman. Well, I ask uh, every, every player that comes on, I've asked you this before. Um, it's right around noon your time. So I know you've been busy doing uh, doing some some little uh, little uh, errands today, but what have you had to eat today? Uh, today I've had uh, a protein shake brought to you by Isogenics and a most recently, a pack of Nikot crackers brought to you by Lance. And uh, lunch is coming up here shortly. Nice. Well, we, you know, I wanted to go back. We, we did talk before the season, and it did take you a little bit of time earlier in this year to kind of get going. So first and foremost, what was the biggest adjustment for you, you know, kind of switching over to the PGA Tour full-time and getting the season going early in January? Uh, the, well, going back to the fall, it was a really quick turnaround coming from web to PGA tour. And then, um, when I transitioned this year, it was pretty much go from the very beginning of January, starting in Hawaii. And, um, I played quite a bit in the beginning of the year. And then, 
had a couple weeks off, which was nice. I've, I've learned the biggest adjustment is um, having to learn how to say no to tournaments that you dream of playing growing up as a kid. And uh, so the scheduling part is, is the biggest learning curve, I think, for rookies out here. Well, and, and, and on the web, of course, I mean, before you, you started winning in bunches, I mean, you're playing in everything because you, you're getting into these things. I mean, you don't know how long it's going to last. Now with this win under your belt, that almost frees you up even more with your scheduling to really pick the events you want to play in and not force yourself to get exhausted on the road, right? Yeah, well, I still think it's important for me moving forward to continue playing the schedule um, as I planned on the beginning of the year because, I mean, you obviously plan on playing majors and world golf championships and then uh, adjust if you don't play well. But um, I've still got to go out and learn golf courses uh First, basically for scheduling for next year and the year after, just kind of find the tracks that I'm comfortable at, ones that I think will set up best for my game. And um, a lot of the established guys, they they kind of know their schedule already based on golf courses that they like. And so I got to still keep running through a, a pretty rigorous schedule from here on out. Well, this made the rounds earlier this week. Uh, you and I, we were when we recorded that podcast earlier this year, we both made predictions for where you would potentially get that first victory. Um, that was three months ago and I want to play the audio, but it was interesting because we both picked the same place and that so happened to be uh, a golf course you played last week. So let's take a listen. One sec. Is there a golf course when you look at your schedule over 17 that you really feel like fits your golf game? And if you show up, you know, in, in, in decent to good form, you're going to have a really good shot of winning on that golf course. I, just from the ones I've played, uh, out in Palm Springs in a, in a couple weeks. That's one that I kind of have start on the schedule. Um, and then coming back home to South Carolina, the week of the Heritage, it's a course that I'm really, really comfortable and really familiar with. Um, really fits my game, uh, tee to green, really. And um, those are kind of the two that that jump out at me. But I'm curious what your prediction is. Well, I got good news for you. We are on the same page. I wrote down Harbortown as the place I think that you have a best shot at winning. Well, there you go. Both predicting Harbortown. You said it months ago. I agreed. Did it feel different getting to that golf course last week? I mean, do, do you do you have feelings when you go to a place that either you're comfortable with or you feel like you should win on? Do the emotions change? Is the prep change? Are you more focused? Or is it all similar week in and week out, knowing you have the game that can kind of win on any golf course? Uh, I mean, one, that's crazy, listening back to <laughs> what we talked about a few months ago. But, um, uh, it no, nothing changes. You want to take every single week the same. You don't want to hype up any weeks uh, bigger or lesser than any other weeks because uh, the number one goal is just to get in contention and, and you got to prepare just as you would for any other tournament. So, um Luckily, going into that event, I had some familiarity with the golf course. Um, I've played competition rounds out at Harbortown before, so it was a place that I was comfortable leading up to the week, and um, it being right after the Masters, uh, and I took Shell Houston off, so I was coming off a two weeks rest, which um, traditionally speaking, after a couple weeks rest, I've always uh, performed pretty well. So um, it was kind of the perfect storm leading up to it. And, and I came in in pretty good form. And um, I guess once all the dust settled, uh, I ended up on top of the leaderboards. Yeah. And, and it's a weird thing now on the PGA Tour, I feel like. Somebody like you, who is a rookie, and as you just mentioned a few moments ago, you know, you've got to play these golf courses to, to kind of get, get to understand what they play like. 
how they play, you know, where to hit it, where not to hit it and such. But I also feel like at this day and age in the 2017 PGA Tour, rookies expect to win. I mean, you came in, you know, with a goal in mind, you wanted to win this year. You weren't, you don't want to wait. And I feel like rookies used to wait. There used to be a two, three, four year, you know, wait window. Now it seems like right when you get out there, you should win. Is that, is there a more aggressive approach in your opinion that players take now knowing that, you know, there's 21 and 22 year olds out there that are winning PJ tour events and winning major championships. And if you're 25, 26, you're almost an, an older guy. Uh, I feel like you're obviously going to have some exceptions to the rule, like the Jordan Spieth and the John Roms. But for the most part, I, part, I think a lot of it is uh, when they mixed up the the Q school uh, rules and regulations or what have you. Um, the Web.com tour just does such a good job preparing uh, guys that are coming out. You you have to play a full year and you have to play well uh, to get your PGA Tour card. So I feel like the guys that are coming out that come through that system are more prepared than they've been in the past where they just had to play good for six rounds uh, to get their PGA Tour card. So um, I, I feel like that has the, the most to do with the success of rookies out on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I mean, you look at the leaderboard. I mean, I think the top three last week were all rookies. Uh, you know, you won. You've you've played really well this year. I mean, I think I saw you have already had two top fives prior uh, to your victory. I mean, there's no again, there's no weight. And I mean, you did the same thing on the web.com. Do do you feel like you have that? I don't know what you'd call it. That closing ability, that ability to not let those nerves get to you late in these rounds, because we've seen you do it now over the last 15 months. You've done it four times, and you've nearly done it a few other times. Is is there something different when those pressure moments happen? that something clicks in your brain and you feel comfortable there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I relish being in contention. I love when my heart gets beaten out of my chest. I love it, as I alluded in the uh, <laughs> broadcast last week, throwing up in my mouth a little bit. I, I mean, I love those situations. I feel like it brings out the best of me. And uh, for the most part, I, I think everybody out here kind of has that killer instinct when they get under the gun, um, or they wouldn't have made it out here. So. Um, I, I, I love those situations and, uh, I, I guess it kind of goes back to junior and college days, just not really in tournaments, but in matches that come close with me and George coming down the stretch or, uh, when we're playing a friendly match in college, uh, just being able to clutch up on the last couple holes and, and get up and down from some spots or make some birdies, uh, when, uh, when the, when the lights go off, so to speak, or lights go on, whichever that figure of speech is. But um, it, it's it's definitely a, a little something different that, that I would say most players have. But, uh, yeah, I, just, I love being in contention. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, I mean, so when you're not – say you're not in contention. Say you're playing a week and, you know, you shoot 71, 72, and you make the cut. What motivates you then? I mean, what motivates you to have a – good finish to finish top 25 or top 30 or top 40 when you don't have a chance to go out there and win? Well, if you look back at my last couple of years, I don't really know what that's like. It's pretty much either <laughs> been feast or famine for me. But if I make the cut in contention, I've um, been able to have some really high finishes. And if I just barely make the cut, I, I don't even think – if you take the web.com season and the PGA Tour season, I don't think I've had but maybe one or two finishes from 15th to – 40th place <laughs> so I, I don't really know what that middle ground feels like but um i will say uh the motivation comes in trying every single shot counts you gotta 
rack up FedEx Cup points because every single point matters uh, when playoff time comes around. So uh, that that's kind of the motivating factor. Like you saw Ricky Fowler miss out on the Tour Championship last year by half a point. Right. Um, that kind of stuff happens. It's it's not the week leading up to it. It's uh, early in the season when he made a couple bogeys come to the house just because he was disinterested that that's the that can be the difference in making it the tour championship and not yeah i mean the the, the play yeah the playoffs get have been knocked in the past i mean you know with the format and it being at the end of the year and all that but i do feel like that does help the focus of the players throughout the year because you know finishing 15th or 16th at, at the waste management might not seem like a big deal 10 15 20 years ago but as you said now that could be the thing that changed i mean if you have a lazy back nine on a sunday when you're not in contention that could mean not making it to the BMW or not making it to the Tour Championship, which I do think helps helps you. If nothing else, it helps you focus a bit more when there's nothing else there to focus on. Right. I mean, those are those are potentially career-altering uh, decisions that are made early in the year that, uh, at the time, they don't mean anything. But like you said, when you go back and look at it in retrospect, every single shot really does matter. And, and that's kind of the mentality you have to take uh, Saturday and Sunday uh, for for everybody out there, not just uh, the guys at the bottom trying to keep their card. It, it applies to the best players in the world that are trying to position themselves for the playoffs. Now, you mentioned your interview with Jim Nance, and I do think you now have the honor of making Jim Nance score more than anybody that's ever been in the, in the booth with him. Uh, <laughs> what was the conversation like after you guys went off air? Were they Were they still chuckling and laughing at your comments? Uh, yeah, it was funny. Actually, I ran into uh, Nance a couple hours later, and he still was cracking up over it. He was like, man, talk about one of the all-time comments that just knocked me off my rocker a little bit. So um, I, I told myself walking up to the tower I wanted to be as real as possible. And um, I mean, a lot of times you just see guys give the automated responses and and that's just never going to be the kind of guy I am. I'll, I'll say exactly what's on my mind, and if a question is asked, I'm going to answer it completely honestly. And uh, that, that's just that's kind of my mouth. Yeah, I mean, you, you we we talked about you know earlier in the podcast we talked a little bit about you know what you've done over the last year and a half. But how would you describe the last 15 months? Kind of starting with with Q School and getting your card and then getting to the web because. You know, you're a confident guy about your golf game. You should be. I mean, you, you've won four times in the last 12 months. But, you know, going into last year and this year, how would you describe what's happened, the success you've had, and really where you are now compared to where you were 15 months ago? Uh, that's a good question. I don't feel like I'm any different of a player now than I was two years ago. I think uh, that I was able to get through Q School and able to to establish uh, somewhere to play Um on a full-time basis that I could advance. And um, I, physically, I think everything's the same. But I feel like the area that I've just gradually improved over the last couple of years is being able to manage my emotions and manage my thoughts out on the golf course and being able to stay more in the present instead of uh, thinking about, oh, well, if I make this putt, I'll finish this, and that'll earn me this much money and secure my card. or get Like, I, I haven't been thinking ahead. I've just been able to really stay right where I was and, and try and execute golf shots. And um, I think a little bit of that is just uh, growing up and becoming a little more mature. And um, hopefully I can, at this point, start getting a little bit better physically. And and that'll 
I feel like be the the difference maker moving forward um, because I, I, I want to be one of the best players in the world. And uh, when you see guys like Rory and Dustin and Ricky, they're they're on the first page of leaderboards week in and week out. And I feel like that's the next step I need to take. And um, I, I think mentally, I've I've improved enough. Now it, it comes to the point where just physically, I got to start uh, hitting it a little better and putting it a little better and chipping it a little better and um, and, and that'll take care of itself. Is that just something you feel like is spending more time in practice? Because, I mean, statistically, if you looked at, you know, I've, I looked over your stats before we started, I mean, they're pretty impressive. But, I mean, are there certain things you look at where you take some time after the season ends, look at some things and find maybe where you are the weakest at and, and really try to pounce on those, much like Dustin did with his wedge game? Uh, yeah, and also I feel like as you get older and do it more, the more reps you get, the the better you get at understanding what you have to do to perform. So um, I'm still getting my feet wet, so to speak, playing week in and week out. Uh, so I'll pick up on a few of those things. And, yeah, I'll go and I'll reevaluate my stats at the end of the year and look and see the areas of the game that I need to improve. And, I mean, just kind of a midseason review. If you look at my driving stats, I'm losing a lot of shots to the field week in and week out off the tee and and that's going to have to change so um I, I i drive it good enough i guess so to speak and when i've gotten in contention i've been really sharp off the tee but it's just kind of those uh thursday friday early saturday parts of the the, the days where i'm i'm not driving it so well so uh we just got to sharpen that up and um because I think proximity to the hole, all that stuff is good and, and above average and, and scrambling and putting is above average. So um, off the tee will be uh, where I try and, and make up the most grounds moving forward. Has there ever been a twosome on a golf course that had brighter pants than you and Ian, Ian Poulter did on Sunday? Man, it was, it was we were best dressed out there on Sunday, no <laughs> doubt. And I, I was – very i'm not going to say i had any preconceived notions on ian but he was as nice of a guy as i've played with all year and super supportive throughout the round and um was really really a gentleman out there for 18 holes and i i i, got, I gained a lot of respect for him on sunday well your goals before the season started was to win uh it's the middle of april that's checked off the mm-hmm. list where do your goals change i mean do you focus on something else do you add more wins to it and also uh we already started me and a few of the the kind of golf blogger nerdy group that text each other have already started the wesley bryan for president's cup campaign uh not no, we haven't officially started on <laughs> social media yet but we've had a conversation about it, it you know it, you know with within our group so is there is there goals there that change for you now after that victory uh no i mean the goal the main goal is like i said to get in contention week in and week out um, now that I've tasted a, a little, a little piece of victory, I I want to do that again. That was a lot of fun. So, um, and and if that leads to being able to put on the stars and stripes and represent my country, come President's Cup time, that would be phenomenal. Obviously, it was one of my goals starting the year. So, uh, if we could accomplish that one, it would be it'd be a really special year. That was a really good. That was political. I was really impressed with that. That's a good answer. I, uh, you, you're not. You got. You come on. You got to give me something. You're not trying. You don't. You don't have rookie of the year insights. I mean, you, you're not looking at, at Aaron Hills or, uh, you know, the PJ Championship and thinking, you know, I could. I could snag one of these as well. Oh yeah. I mean, 
I said coming into the year, I want to contend to majors. Uh, I want to knock one down. So um, that that doesn't change. The, my goals have always been uh, extremely lofty. So and, and that's what drives me every morning when I wake up uh, to go out and work hard and try and get better every single day is because um, I have goals that seem extremely un- unobtainable, and uh, I just love the opportunity to get to chase them. Well, you're third on tour in putts per round. You're fourth in overall putting. We're a long way from the first round of the 2018 uh, Masters. I think we're, we're 346 days away. Um, you, but you have to feel like that's a golf course Is that you can play. Long, Shane? Yeah, I know. I have a countdown online. You can you can actually look Please. it up. Uh, you have to feel like that's a golf course you can play, though. I mean, you've played it before. That that's a place where you can lean on the putter. I mean, you know, and and do things that we've seen other guys do on those greens. Correct? Oh yeah. I mean. I am looking forward to that event and <laughs> it's, it's one of those golf courses that I feel like, uh, can play into my hand with, um, a few wedge opportunities. Uh, you gotta be really good on the greens and around the green. So, um, it, it's, it's definitely one that I'm looking forward to, to getting in the mix come April next year. You were out there this year, correct? Did you go just for a couple of days? I, I saw that you, you'd spent some time there, you know, despite not being in the field. Yeah, I I mean living in Augusta, it was just a about an eight minute commute over there. So I I took Elizabeth over there and we went and watched a couple of our buddies play on Thursday. Went out and watched Russell Henley play a few holes and John Rahm and Rory watched them play a few holes. And um, but I mean the real reason to show up to Augusta in April is to to eat the concession food. So uh, that was the the main goal and I checked that box. So um, all was well in the Bryan family a couple so, weeks ago. So you, you're, I'm, I'm assuming you're probably in that uh, anti-pimento cheese camp, which really depresses me. I, I made a big push this year to bring that no, back. No, You're into it. I'm not in. Yeah, I, I'm into pimento cheese, egg salad, barbecue, the peach ice cream sandwiches, the little nut clusters they have, the moon pies, uh, <laughs> the... The American craft beer, I mean, which was Blue Moon this year, with a couple orange slices. I mean, I'm I'm into the full the full Monty out there. You better keep winning on tour if you're going to be spending all that at the concessions. You're lucky they're the old school prices. Yeah, well, shoot, you can put a twenty dollar bill in your pocket there and be full and never run out of money out there. <laughs> when you you know, I saw some players that that, that didn't make the cut uh, stick around and take in. I mean, you you know, the, the funny thing is, you're out there with the patrons. I mean, you're walking you know, along with the big crowds, if you're following a big group, was it, is, is it motivating being out there, not being in the field? I mean, does it make you frustrated or, or are you just kind of enjoying the experience knowing that, you know, if you play well, of course, this was prior to your win, but you know, if you play well, you'll be here next year, as you said, between the ropes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of those events that I've grown up going to my whole life. So, um, and because I've never actually teed it up, I didn't get that disappointment factor. It's, it's still a really special place and um, the, the holiest of grounds when it comes to the golf world. And um, I, I just love getting out there and soaking it up. And maybe if I had played in the event a couple times, I'd be a little disappointed. But since I hadn't yet experienced it, it's, it's still a lot of fun just to get out there and walk around. So have you had a chance to play Aaron Hills yet? I have not. I uh, My senior year, I missed qualifying for the USAM by one shot there, so... Um, it would have been nice to have a little practice round uh, out there, but um, I'll just show up on Monday and 
uh, see what the course has to offer and, and go from there. And what is the process for you like to acclimate yourself with a golf course? And do you feel like a place like Aaron Hills, where a lot of these players haven't played before, you're at a level playing field knowing that you'll have just as much time getting ready for that golf course as, say, a, a Rory or a Jordan Spieth, who you know has played Augusta a few times, has played Riviera a few times? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a little more of a level playing field. Um, but it's just going to come down to who's in best form come June. And um, it, it's what I understand, a link-style golf course, which I feel like kind of plays into a, a shot maker's type of game instead of just the grip it and rip it mentality. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge that it's going to present, and uh, that'll be my first major that I tee it up in, so I'm probably going to be a little extra amped up. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your next schedule look like over the next coming weeks? Are you playing Zurich? Yeah, I'll be playing Zurich with Ryan Blom, um, and then I'm going to do Wells Fargo and Players, uh, and then Colonial Memorial. So you got a and pretty you got a pretty busy Open. schedule. Well, I mean, shoot, there are a bunch of tournaments you can't turn down. <laughs> you said it. You said it's, it's hard. It's hard to say. It's hard yet. to say no, man. I mean, it, this, it, you've got to keep winning so you can keep getting the fast food. That's the key. You 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 can't eat the fast yeah. food unless you get a victory. Uh, I mean, I can Taco Bell. There's there's no rules or restrictions there. That's, <laughs> um, that that's an establishment that could be visited daily, but. Um, it, it definitely tastes a little bit better after a victory. Yeah, it tastes better in that tartan jacket. The tartan jacket looked good. It actually didn't clash too bad with the pink pants. I was getting a little nervous towards the end of that final run. I was thinking, I'm not sure how that'll look, but uh, it actually, I thought, I thought you pulled it off pretty well. Shane, you're 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 being nice. It it looked terrible. <laughs> it looked terrible. But it, I I I would not mind putting on that tartan jacket again in pink pants next year. What it, is there? Was there any thought process before the final round started? And how many shots back were you going into that final round? Were you were you two back? I was four back. Four back. So I mean, you know, going in, you know, you had to play a great round to get in contention, to have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. Was there any part of you that when you put those pants on that thought, eh, I don't know, red and, and and plaid? I'm not sure. Or did you just throw them on, go out there, and say, I gotta go, I gotta go shoot 65 anyway? Who cares what I'm wearing? Well, I mean, I got my Sunday pink and blue, so. Um... Hopefully it looks good with a green jacket. Hopefully it looks good <laughs> in a gold jacket if we can take it to the Happy Gilmore days. I love um, it. I, I'll, I'll put it with anything. Nice, nice. Well, I appreciate you taking some time. Enjoy the time off. Congrats again on the win. I mean, like I said, every time we talk, I feel like uh, you've done something else. It, it's funny, getting to, to kind of know you before all of this came about, you had lofty expectations and you had, you know, you had goals in mind. And it was crazy because – when I initially heard him, you know, not knowing how talented you were, it was kind of going, oh, okay, th- you know, this kid believes in himself, and now every time you say you're going to do something, I'm like, well, you might want to chalk it up. Hopefully people that live in Vegas are listening to this podcast because, uh, you know, you, you, you've thrown out some pretty good ones, and, and, and you've knocked some out. So congrats on, on the last 15 months, man. It's been crazy watching. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Shane. Many thanks to Wesley Bryan for taking some time. Of course, uh, winner, a PGA Tour winner now after uh, – after a great, great year last year on the web.com, now the favorite for Rookie of the Year. We mentioned it with Wesley on. I mean, President's Cup definitely in play. So a lot still to be had for Wesley Bryan as he's already getting this first PJ Tour victory four months in to the 17th season. We talked about OGO's incredible golf bags. I must mention that they don't just do golf. Their backpacks are my favorite on the market, and the Renegade is the way to go. I had my laptop traveling a couple of weeks ago 
in my Renegade backpack. I dropped the entire thing on the back of my backpack, right where the laptop is, and it wasn't damaged at all thanks to their armored, protected laptop compartment. Say that a couple of times fast. That's just one of the many great uses for their all-encompassing backpack. Check out the Renegade and their entire line of backpacks, golf bags, and much more at ogio.com. As I said, many thanks to Wesley. Got a couple of more podcasts in the works over the next couple of weeks, including one that we've been waiting to drop, but I think it'll be exciting. It's definitely a different guest, that's for sure. If you want a Clubhouse koozie and you've listened this long, well, you deserve it. Just shoot us a tweet at the Clubhouse Pod. Give us a follow there. We will let you know the best way to get one of those. I'm ordering some more uh, in the coming weeks, so hopefully we'll have even more with maybe a different phrase on it. So that's something to do. Follow us on social media at Shane Bacon at the Clubhouse Pod. Follow us on Facebook as well, at Shane Bacon Golf. We're going to be doing more and more giveaways on that side of things. We're bringing Facebook back. I'm telling you, it is coming back. Follow it at Shane Bacon Golf. We'll do some giveaways there. Hope you guys have a great week. Make some birdies. My club championship is this weekend. So when you're making your first birdie on Friday or Saturday, think about me for just one minute. Hopefully, we can do something special, maybe leave with that club championship trophy. If not, then at least get to play golf two days in a row. Hope you guys have a great week.